0: Welcome to the Irishman, Englishman and Scotsman football podcast. Hello and you're very welcome to another episode of the Irishman, Englishman and Scotsman football podcast. My name is JP. I'm joined by the regulars Finno, Kevin and Joe who is the newest addition to our podcast. Uh, what a weekend of football! Controversy, handballs, goals, uh, Mane's elbow. Um, I don't know where to start.
1: I mean, I know where to start. I think you a know a burning question. Yeah, a burning question. That's the way to put it. You know, I think Liverpool have shown in the last few games that they're carrying on the form from last season. I want to put it to you guys, have Liverpool already won the league?
2: <laughs> do you know, I would love it if everyone else thought that. But yeah, 35 games to go, I mean, obviously completely not and nowhere near. But um, I do think, like we talked, we talked on the show a few weeks ago, uh, it was such a tricky start to the league for Liverpool that you looked at those fixtures, those three, and you thought, well, maybe after three games, they might even only have one point. They might have three points. They might have four points. The fact that they've got nine, I think will have a few people just going on. Christ is this the way it's going but no obviously
1: it's two of the top four contenders shall we say that they've taken three points from um and you've also seen City, United, Chelsea, Tottenham etc all drop points after either three or fewer games I would have at least liked to have seen somebody like a Chelsea be already on the coattails but already it seems like Liverpool are are pacing away so yeah I'm I'm wondering whether or not it's going to be like a a Leicester or an Everton that are possibly their their main kind of challengers.
2: I'd I'd love to think that, Finno, but, you know, I I, I honestly don't think so. I just think after three games, it's one of those that you you shouldn't read. And and in fact, for Man City, they've already lost points. That's true. But, you know, they've only played two. You know, yeah,
0: love to say it's all over, but no, not at all long way to go uh, just a quick look at the results from sunday and monday from the last time we spoke to you on the live show uh Sheffield United and uh, nil Leeds 1 in the Yorkshire derby Tottenham 1 Newcastle 1 hugely controversial game which will bring us back to the to the uh, handball rule uh, Man City 2 Leicester 5 a crazy game had Kevin jumping around the pub <laughs> uh West Ham 4 Wolves nil and then monday night last night Fulham nil Aston Villa 3 uh, result which kind of proves that spending money works for the promoted teams, um, Liverpool three, Arsenal one. Another controversial game. Uh, Kofino, you you watched a lot of the the Yorkshire derby.
1: Yeah, I watched I watched a fair bit of it, and I think um, it was a great game of football. You know, both teams went after it, and uh, both goalkeepers were in great form. And I think it was lucky to be 1-0, or unlucky, should I say, um, to be 1-0. And then there was the potential for lots of goals there. Um, Sheffield United will feel a little aggrieved that they didn't come away with at least a point. But, um, yeah, Leeds managed to make it count when they needed to make it count right at the death. And, yeah, I think it was a, a great start to the weekend.
0: Yeah, and then the game at uh, Tottenham. Tottenham won Newcastle one I mean look I'm delighted absolutely delighted with the result You <laughs> had the last minute goal from Colin Wilson as a Newcastle fan I thought the game was gone Spurs you know the man of the match was the Newcastle goalkeeper Spurs battered the Newcastle goal I think Son hit the bar twice but that you know even though I'm so delighted that Newcastle got the point it was never a penalty this new rule is crazy uh, Andy Carroll headed the ball down I think it was off Eric Dyer's arm who wasn't mm. even looking in the direction of the ball at 95-96 minutes and then all of a sudden you know Tottenham Get the Newcastle get the penalty and yeah, it's 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 bonkers. I don't know, man of the match was probably
2: the FIFA interpretation of the handball, or wasn't
0: it?
1: <laughs> well, see this is the thing, is like I I agree that the rule should be looked at. Of course I do. But it's been this rule in La Liga and Serie A for the last season and nobody in the British press has talked about (laughs) it. But yeah, as soon as it comes in in the Premier League and as soon as it starts to quote-unquote ruin football, um, everyone's up in arms. And yeah, in last season, I think in Spain and Italy, there was like two or three times the number of penalties for handball than there were in the Premier League. But it might feel odd at the moment, but sooner or later players will adjust. You've already seen Mourinho's um, instilled it into his players that hands are behind their back at all times. Um, And this kind of... What I liken to Brexit, like kind of bleating, um, <laughs> saying we're English football, you know, we're the best, and we don't like it, so it needs to go. I think it's just a bit of a weird, a weird stance from pundits, um, especially as it's been in for so long in in other European countries.
2: Listen, no one's more prepared to slag off the little Englandism of the, uh, of, the of the Premier League press pack, but uh, yeah, honestly. Maybe, but I think it's just, yeah, they are noticing it for the first time, that's true. I hadn't thought about that, that now for the first time they're sort of saying, you know, listen to us, listen to us, because now it affects us. But I just think, yeah, they've just noticed it for the first time and they've noticed, like everyone else, that it's horrific, it's horrendous, ridiculous. I don't know if it's ruining football. It's making for more controversy, which is usually a good thing, actually. But yeah, yeah it is absurd.
0: But it's going to contribute in, essentially, more goals. Yeah, If there's exactly more penalties, more, more handballs, etc., you know, so it will You know, people complain about the nil-nils. There'll be a lot less of those. It's going to take a while to get used to, like the the VAR, for example. But we're kind of settled into VAR now. And uh, this handball thing, I think in six months' time, we'll move on. We'll be fine with it. Um, do you know what though, JP, that's the
2: saddest thing of all, because you're right, you're absolutely right, we'll all be fine with it, and we'll all be saying that's absolutely fine, like like we were with every other ridiculous rule, like, uh, I don't know, no back passes, the back pass, 40, yeah. 40 yeah. years ago or something like yeah. that, but but even so, you know, yeah, you're absolutely right, we'll get used to it like we get used to everything else.
1: I think the main issue is that people don't know the rule, and there's not really been the efforts to educate anyone on the rule going into the new season, I mean, there was a little bit about the, what was it, below the the edge of the sleeve, and that was going to be a handball. But really, you know, if your arms are out in an unnatural position and it hits your hand, shouldn't it be a penalty regardless of intent?
0: Uh, no. I'll just quickly that. run through this again, basically, folks. If you if you're not really sure what the rule is, we did speak about it on the live show on Sunday. If you weren't listening, uh, this is a refresher. Under the under these new rule, these new rules which came in at the start of the season, a player will be penalised for handball if the hand or arm is clearly away from the body and outside the body line. The player clearly leans into the path of the ball. The ball travels some distance. The ball touches a hand arm that is clearly raised above the shoulder. The player falls and the hand or arm is extended laterally or vertically away from the body. A deflection clearly makes no difference to the ball touching a hand or arm that is clearly extended away from the body and or above the shoulder. Uh, It's very complicated rules in a simple game. Now, I know, like I said, Kev, we will get used to it but I think it's going to take a bit longer than than we hope
2: yeah yeah like like you say uh complicated rule for what should be a simple game and I you know I'm an old fashioned sort of person And I do think that the beauty of (laughs) the beauty of football is that simplicity that you can explain. You don't need to be a fan. Anyone can sit down in front of a game of football and be hooked immediately. We all know that, right? Because it happened to us when we were kids. It happens to our kids. It happens to, you know, everyone who watches a game of football. So I think anything that really detracts from that simplicity is always a bit suspect. And I just think that this one is, you know, is particularly so. So a bit of a shame from my point of view. But the only other thing I'd say is sometimes it takes an artist. Sometimes it takes a poet to express things in a way that will really change the minds of those in charge. If only we had one. But anyway, that's a question
0: for (laughs) him. He might be giving you a clue of something we're having later on in the show. Uh, Man City 2, Leicester 5. Man City, there's a a big talk about their defence. I'll go into that later on. I really think they need a striker. You know, both of the main guys are out.
3: And why not take a punt on Danny Ings, Joe? Would he go? I don't think he will go. I think he's a Southampton boy. He was born in Southampton. He's very, very happy here. Um, He's just broken into the England squad as well. Um, I think he's, you know... He's had his big chance at a big club. He went to Liverpool. It didn't quite work out. He suffered a really bad injury. He's now come home to Southampton. Last year, he scored 25 goals. This year, he's already three and three. So he's kind of kicked on where he left off. Um, I don't think he would like to leave. I know Tottenham did make an inquiry this summer as to whether he was available. And it was a straight no from Southampton. So maybe I'm just being you know an optimist, but I don't think he's going to be leaving anytime soon.
2: Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I I hope you're right, actually, because, you know, you look at that Burnley-Southampton game and who was the difference between those two, and I think it would be disastrous for Southampton. I Southampton think he's been there. the
0: difference between Southampton and a lot of teams since the back end of the last season when when they turned things around and the start of this season. Obviously, there's a lot of people like Shane Long gets on. He, he's the foil. He runs his stocks off for him as well. But uh, Hazen Huttle really has Danny Ings playing out of his skin. Man City need players. There's, what, two days left in the transfer window? Yeah, they need players. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, they've only spent, you know, half a billion. So. Oh. Okay, here's an interesting staff here. Now, they've just signed uh, Ruben Diaz for £65 million, a defender from Benfica. But since Pep arrived in 2016, they spent over £400 million on defenders alone. You know, but I don't think it's the, the defenders or the quality. I think it's just the, the style. Because sometimes they play eight men in attack. And regardless, if you have Franco Baresi and Ruud Hula back there, you know, if you're playing against the likes of two or three guys on the Avardi or a Madison attack, you're outnumbered. You're going to get destroyed every time. Now, for Man City, that's a successful way of playing for the last couple of seasons, and they're great to watch. But uh, yeah, I definitely think they'll be in the transfer market in the next couple
1: of days. When you look at Man City, your immediate thoughts in the recent past have been about company. And, you know, they have brought in players to play alongside him rather than to have two standalone centre-backs that are having to potentially chop and change. Um, I was watching Match of the Day and Darren Fletcher was talking about how it's clear that Pep doesn't believe in his centre backs because he's playing two players in defensive midfield when he usually is setting up his Barcelona teams, um, his Bayern teams with one defensive midfielder that can cover both centre backs. Now they're playing with two uh, defensive midfielders. It's clear that something needs to needs to change in the defence. And as you say, they've really only got um, Rory Delap's son um, up front, 17 years old. It's it's not an ideal situation. I wonder
0: if he can throw a ball like his dad. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah,
1: Man City will be hoping so.
0: Yeah, um, I didn't see this one finish, but I'm sure you did. West Ham four Wolves nil. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, well, I mean, I didn't see it coming. Put it that way. Um, <laughs> no one did. But no, I think West Ham looked really good value for their win. We played well. We were clinical. The, we took the chances when we had them, and actually there were a few chances which probably should have gone in. four niles had one in the in the first half, and Jared Bowen had one. um in the second, which would have meant that he would have got his hat trick. Um, yeah, really pleasing. It's a little bit of a weird one that you know our first points of the season come when Moyes is miles away in his home quarantining. Do,
2: do we call that a bittersweet victory for David Moyes?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Does Alan Irvin become the de facto manager of West Ham now? Do we just <laughs> let him be permanently quarantined away from away from the West Ham team? Um, no. Look, I think West Ham. Showed enough in that game against a really good Wolves team that have been playing well to hopefully show enough to to stay up, but it really all depends on how Chelsea approach this Declan Rice transfer saga.
0: Well, if Liverpool are champions after three games, are Wolves in crisis after three games?
1: No, look, I mean, Man City. The game against Man City was was pretty good. Uh, was pretty good going. I think Wolves are definitely in a good spot. I just think that Liverpool are showing some immense consistency already. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them romp at home from your from your lips to God's ears. As
2: the, as the as <laughs> well, the let's says. let's
0: hope not for from the neutrals'
3: uh, point of view. Joe, you agree? Yeah, completely, completely. I, there's only been three games gone. There's still a long, long way to go. And I remember even last year, Liverpool fans, even when they were 20 points ahead, the Liverpool fans, like you know, Kev was saying, it's not done yet. It's not done yet. So there's still a long way to go.
2: I think it is true, though. That, um, that ability, as we've talked about quite a lot, to, to just get a result somehow um, is so kind of um, self perpetuating almost. You know what For I mean? Sure. And um, and the most, and the, and the brilliant thing about Liverpool start is I think everyone who watched them in pre season, maybe, certainly watched them towards the end of last year. We talked about how bad the defence was at the end of last year. Maybe even watched in pre season where there were some like weird results going, you know, falling 2 0 behind against people like, you know, uh, Blackpool, I think it was, before they went on to win then you know then the community shield then that weird game against leeds but then somehow it all seems to click against chelsea where they just seem to be back on it and and i think whatever you think However the game went in the end last night against Chelsea, uh, against Arsenal there was re- the, the way they played in the first half really was exceptional right it was really beautiful at times i think sorry to sorry to wax lyrical but but i just sort of think Ooh. it was absolutely back to as good as it can be honestly and uh, and i think that if there's one thing that's like maybe a little bit worrying for the rest of the premier league is that they've clicked back into that uh
0: into that rhythm and that must be concerning a little bit plus the scary signings as well last week you know Alicantra, Diego Jota just Wow, I mean two guys to get, if you're Man United, if you're somebody else, why didn't we sign them?
1: 100%, but you looked at Liverpool last night and they went 1-0 down, and actually what I saw was anger more than anything, it wasn't, oh we've gone 1-0 down to a really good team, it was, this doesn't happen at Anfield, (laughs) this needs to be rectified, and you saw that, that they immediately responded, and they looked annoyed at the fact that they'd gone 1-0 down, and... I hate to say it, but it does look like the sign of champions. It's as you say that self, fulfilling kind of thing that yeah. comes with uh, with winning consistently. I, I
2: think the thought the lovely thing was, was was Robbo. You know, so Robbo makes that mistake that least the goal and then what was it about, you know, 10 minutes later he's down at the other end, you know, finishing, which is very rare for him but to stick in a goal and also a goal that was an assist from Trent Alexander-Arnold Ar- as well. And seriously, he was back in form last night. There's a player who has not been in good not been at his best for a long time. Last night Trent was fantastic.
0: Lacazette will be kicking himself he had a really good chance to level things up with 2-1 though Uh, so Arsenal I think are are still going to do okay this season regardless whether they they won or or lost last night Um, in the other game last night Fulham nil Aston Villa 3 Fulham who we tipped to go down Aston Villa good away win they spent wisely Jack Relish is staying I think they're going to be okay they must be buzzing at Villa yeah
2: 100% uh, everything looking good got an interesting fixture coming up, which I'm sure we'll get on to. And uh, yeah, who wouldn't be a Villa fan right now? Fantastic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, looking ahead to the weekend on Saturday, these are Central European times uh, for our listeners in the UK and Ireland. So half past one, Chelsea host Crystal Palace at 4pm. Everton play Brighton in the evening game. It's the mighty Leeds United at half past six against Man City. And, and the late game at 9pm, uh, Newcastle host Burnley. Chelsea really need to win this game.
1: Yeah, it's a must win. And you do wonder whether or not they're just going to throw Mendy to the Lions in some way and just put him straight between the sticks. Um, I know that they're talking about putting him in for, for the Tottenham League Cup game. Um, yeah, I think the way that Chelsea performed against West Brom, it's a it's a tough time for Frank Lampard to know how to really galvanise that team. Okay, they, they brought it back but it's really not looking good, especially at the back. And you have to hope that Chilwell is able to, to really galvanise that defence.
0: But in a way, like how we spoke about on, on Sunday, about uh, Fernandez's late penalty for um, Man United, and sometimes snatching a victory you know, from the jaws of defeat can inspire a team. That might do the same for Chelsea at 3-0 down at half time, Like I said, at the, the weekend, Lampard's come out and he's gone, right, try and win the second half. They've almost won the game.
1: I think the big question then is, do you play the big signings? Or do you stick with the academy products that got you that result against West Brom? If that result has galvanised and brought that team together, do you keep Hudson Odoi, Abraham up top, and do you drop Werner, yes. which is a very—that's yep. a very controversial decision. Well, that's you what you spend spend do. So that's money.
2: what you do. But if your boss was this multi-billionaire or whatever he is, hes spent all this money on these players. I'm not sure it'd be such an easy. You must play Werner, team. or you will die. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, Chelsea Palace but, hang on a minute.
2: but Before we go on though What about Palace though? Because Palace will probably feel pretty hard really? done by Roy Hodgson was certainly Mr Roy was certainly very annoyed um, mm. After after that result I mean, how did they come back from that? Because they'd made that good start They still look really good, don't they? Yeah, so, I think right, they fine. It's fine it's, it's not
1: a gimme for Chelsea, that game, at all Not in the slightest No, I think so And as you say, I think they'll be reeling from that penalty incident against Everton I think they look decent enough, but I would expect a far greater reaction from Chelsea than from Palace. And uh, yeah, for them to come through and win.
0: Everton v Brighton at 4pm. toppers Everton with their super coach and super new signings look really good so far.
1: Yeah, potential for, for me, the underrated game of the season so far. <laughs> um, I think there will be goals. I think it will be a great, fluid game of football to watch. Everton are good to watch at the moment. Brighton are great to watch at the moment, and both will want to go after it and grab the points. Brighton, I think, looked really good against United. Okay, they lost the penalty in the dying seconds. Uh, Potter has them playing some great football, some really fluid stuff. Um, I think they were really dangerous.
0: Yeah, I think I think Brighton will, will give them a game, but I'll, I'll go for an Everton win. And you know, I mean, it's it's great for the for the Premier League and for Liverpool that there is two two teams in the city winning. I suppose would you agree, Kev?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> I would actually, yeah, I've got no 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 problem with that. the only The only thing I'd say is, uh, yeah, I I agree with Finno there. the 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 Brighton are really lovely to watch actually, and um and I think it is going to be a really good game. And you saw them hit the hit the bar and the post a combination of I don't know five or six times in that United game. But more to the point, it was the playing it was the ball to feet, you know, not being prepared to take on the opposition, particularly in midfield, playing it out from the back, like lovely to watch you know honestly good good luck to them i hope that i hope that's an absolute belter and uh, you know i'd love to see brighton have a have a have the sort of season where they can play that football all the way through and not have to be sort of dragged back uh, you know to being more defensive and more pragmatic
0: leeds and city half past six leeds round Liverpool very close and an amazing game on the opening day 4-3 then 1-4-3 and the late win in the yorkshire derby with a goal from patrick bamford they'll be buzzing
3: when Man City come to town with all their injuries this one could be a bit closer than we think Joe yeah I think this is one of those games that you just wish that there were fans in the yeah. stadium can you imagine a exactly. full packed Ellen Road for Leeds against Man City it would be incredible um, Leeds have been scoring goals but they've been letting in a lot of goals as well so um, y- you would expect Man City even without Aguero to at least score a couple in that game um, but yeah Leeds um, I've been very really impressed with them so far but I think Man City may be really, really angry after that 5-2 defeat to Leicester. I expect them to come out all guns blazing and uh, uh, you know get the result. It's going to be an interesting meeting of the two coaches as well, right?
0: Bielsa and Pep, indeed. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think um, apparently Guardiola is absolutely obsessed with the way that <laughs> Bielsa thinks and how he uses football or open play in football almost like set pieces, that they have different... Pl- passages of play even within open play to really open teams up and I remember reading something about Javi Martinez the Bayern player who played for Bielsa and Guardiola played for Bielsa under uh, at Bilbao and he was saying that Pep would constantly pester him to to understand how Bielsa would approach a certain situation a certain tactical situation how would he deal with this player Um, and I think even when uh, Bilbao played Barcelona, um, a lot of people talked about this kind of the coming together of these two brilliant football minds. So yeah, tactically, you hope that this is a really incredible game, and yeah, hope for goals.
0: Yeah, I, I think Man City are going to uh, shock the world of football in the next twenty four hours and sign a superstar, but I don't think he'll be fit or ready to play on Saturday. And I'm going to go for a blood and guts, glory, Leeds United win that would be extraordinary.
2: I would love to see that for all sorts of reasons, <laughs> mostly because it would put city 2 defeats mine liverpool. No, but uh yeah, I mean amazing. Um they've been they've been glorious, haven't they? I mean, I didn't get to see the 1-0, but you were saying like it was a genuinely like interesting game of football, yeah. right, Finno? So, you know, oh, all everything everything that we hope for and more of a Leeds side, you know, being back and long may it continue.
1: I do think you're right, JP. I think Leeds I would give them a better chance to take points from uh, Man City than I did give them a chance against Liverpool. When I watched the highlights of the Man City game, they gave away three penalties and three really stupid penalties. Kyle Walker threw Jamie Vardy to the ground. Um, Their midfield need to have a bit more energy about them. They need to be able to track back. Um, Yeah, as I said, Kyle Walker looked so disinterested. He was jogging around the place. Um, I really do wonder what's happening at the Etihad.
0: Kyle Walker, you know, for all his pace and, and talent going forward, he has a real idiotic streak in him sometimes. And, uh, yeah, he is, he is vulnerable. But like Joe was saying earlier on, imagine if the full crowd was there. I mean, Leeds United are going to give Man City no time on the ball. And if those fans were there, even less. And, you know, the electricity, they're going to give it everything. There's no respect for Man City coming to, uh, to Allen Road. And, yeah, like I said, I'll go for a Leeds win. Uh, in the evening game, Newcastle against Burnley. Burnley, pointless uh, down at the bottom of the table. Newcastle started off with a great win at West Ham then really disappointing against Brighton Not equally disappointing against Tottenham who outplayed them but the result with Bayern Newcastle Callum Wilson second goal in the Premier League um, I fancy Newcastle to, to take the points there and Burnley you know Sean Dyche has come out and said look the chairman knows we need to buy players we need players I expect Tarkowski to go tomorrow I reckon he'll go to Leicester then they'll get funds but then how late in the day is it to, to sign players
1: yeah, I think Newcastle were very lucky to to escape with a point. Tottenham were all over them. Burnley it's looking tough for them and I think this Tarkowski saga is weighing a bit on them. There's this mysterious toe injury that Tarkowski suddenly managed to acquire and all of a sudden he's now out of the out of the team. So, I do wonder behind the scenes at Burnley whether or not there's a bit of uh, a bit of unrest.
0: Yeah, uh, you're listening to the Irishman, Englishman and Scotsman football podcast. Don't forget, guys, if you're listening on YouTube, please hit that like and subscribe button is really important. Uh, Spotify and, of course, um, all of our other uh, media platforms you're listening. Just uh, hit the like, hit the subscribe, hit the follow. Sunday, Leicester, West Ham, 1 p.m. Central European time, Southampton, West Brom, 1 p.m. Also, Arsenal, Sheffield United, 3 p.m. Wolves, Fulham, 3 p.m. Man U v Tottenham at half past five. And the night game on Sunday is Aston Villa against Liverpool at quarter past seven. Uh, Joe, Southampton,
3: West Brom. It's, it's actually a really big game for Southampton. Um, In the past seasons, it hasn't been the big teams that Southampton have you know struggled against. It's been the teams that have come up from the championship that we just haven't been able to break down, especially at home, when a team comes like West Brom and maybe you know park the bus in front of the goal. The win against Burnley was huge for... For the confidence mm-hmm. of Southampton. Big yeah. They started the season with so much optimism and then t- to lose the first two games in the manner that they did. And not just those two games, but the, the cup game against Brentford as well, or Brentford B. <laughs> yeah, so the League Cup, Brentford bought their B team to St Mary. Southampton played their first team and still lost 2-0. Wow. Um, oh, during which the fans were starting to get really, really concerned um, but then, like I said, the win against Burnley was huge and I fully expect us uh, to replicate our form from the back end of last season when we were absolutely on fire um, and I would expect us to beat West Brom fairly comfortably at St Mary's.
0: I mean, West Brom, you know, I don't know how they'll feel. They were 3-0 up against this brand new billionaire Chelsea team of the weekend pegged back to 3-3. God knows what they're going to think. Um, yeah, I'd I fancy Southampton myself. Danny Ings, I'm sure, is worth a punt to get the first goal again. Leicester host West Ham. I'm not sure about West Ham this week, Finon.
1: Well, look, I mean, I've expected West Ham to lose every single game so far and we're one win up. So that's that's something. But I do think there's so much danger in that Leicester team at the moment. Um, Vardy looked really strong against Man City. I've already talked about um, T. Elements here on the podcast before. I would arguably say that this team is better than the team, the Leicester team that won the league. Uh-huh. Um, they are great on the ball, they're fluid. Brendan Rodgers has them playing through gritted teeth. I'll say it, some really nice football, um, and I just hope that West Ham are able to to exploit a couple of Leicester's weaknesses, which are the set pieces. We saw it against Man City the 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 joy that they had from corners and free kicks. West Ham are good in the air. They've got players like Declan Rice and Suchek who can really get up and get at the ball. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I think it's an interesting tactical battle. I suppose it all depends on how well Alan Irvin's managed to drill in some tactics into the player on the training ground.
0: I think Leicester will take a lot of points off the big teams this season because they're designed... Brendan Rodgers has them designed to play on the break and to play to Jimmy Vardy's strengths. So as soon as they get the ball against the run of play, boom... It's gone down the channels, hit Vardy, and then the likes of Madison and Cole support Um, Yeah, they're they're very impressive. If Tarkowski comes, they're pushing for top four. Arsenal against Sheffield United, 3pm. Arsenal, I, I thought they were decent against Liverpool.
2: I thought they were decent, definitely. Um, Again, as previews really, wasn't it? Because Liverpool made that sort of start that everyone kind of expected them to say and Arsenal actually had no problem sort of hanging on in there. Played absolutely true to their strength, played it out from the back, got the goal in exactly the manner that I'm sure they would you know apart from the the slightly weird assist from Robertson I think it was exactly how they planned I think you know up, right up until that 1-0 they did everything they wanted to do but it was interesting wasn't it to see them in the second half that actually they were much more attacking had a lot more chances in the, in in that second half but yeah can they do it against a side that won't be attacking so much or it's like you know it's less easy to predict than maybe that Liverpool side I don't know I think that I think that I think there, there was a lot to praise them for in that game but still in the end you know they got done three one, which is about standard for Arsenal at Liverpool. So we're from here.
1: It'll be interesting to see how they perform, given that they also have to play Liverpool again this week yeah. before they play Sheffield United in the League Cup. So those are two big games for Arsenal. Okay, probably a different team that's going to be out in the Carabao Cup, but I do think that they probably have enough to get over the line. Sheffield United. You know, last season's darlings, this season's second season syndrome seems to really be kicking in. It's gonna be it's gonna
2: second album syndrome. Yeah. It's
1: gonna no it's gonna be it's gonna be awful if they're if they zero points after
2: four. No games, confidence,
0: no points, and I think no chance at Whoa. the Emirates. Oh that's uh, sad, sorry, Kev. Also <laughs> also at three PM uh, Wolves host Fulham Wolves. I can't believe they got hammered by West Ham. Fulham <laughs> are definitely going down the way things are going, unless they you know sign a lot of players in the next twenty four hours.
1: Is there a better team for Wolves to be playing after such a <laughs> it's crushing like defeat? It, right, the therapy. <laughs> yeah, than Fulham to get the confidence up. You know, I, I fear that Fulham are already the whipping boys of the Premier League.
2: They can't be that bad, though, can they? You know, they're not going to They're not going to lose all thirty-eight games. So at some point, they're who knows? Get who knows?
1: No, I think you know Scott Parker's definitely facing an uphill battle, seemingly struggling to to bring that team together to a Premier League level uh, week in week out.
0: Yeah, I think the word of the day for Arsenal and Wolves is bounce-back ability. <laughs> um, cracker of a match at Old Trafford, half-past five Sunday, Man United against Tottenham. Gareth Bale's not ready, is he?
1: No, he's still going to be in the stands. But I think this is another one where, you know, if either team loses, both sets of fans are going to feel like they're in crisis mode. You know, <laughs> I think for Mourinho, it's probably going to be quite personal going up against United. You know, we, we talked about on the live show the and um, Guardiola 13 players and all this Tottenham played four times in three competitions in less than a week this week Um so they that's tough on anybody Um, you know they played Newcastle uh, Chelsea tonight Maccabi Haifa and then Man United and without without Son now he's uh, done his hamstring without oh. Bale Um oh, Son's out as well is he yeah oh so he's gonna be out for a few weeks it's gonna be tough but Manchester United again didn't look wonderful against Brighton um, it will be interesting to see whether or not Dele Alley's brought in from the cold um, to face Man United but it will be an interesting one and I don't I think it's too close to call
2: I, I think in that United game against, against Brighton I thought there were times where Man United looked fantastic going forward uh, I mentioned the other day you know they got scored three had two disallowed for fairly marginal offsides I think it always seemed to me like they were playing within themselves somehow and I don't know what that is you know they always seem to be able to take that fluid approach because I think they can take people apart and certainly on the break I my fear is that is going to set up in a very very defensive way and that's going to be an awful game and super disappointing and everyone's going to be going oh we've had our first nil-nil after our barring some dodgy you know, handball penalty or something like that. That's my fear. But actually, I, you know, Man United should take them apart, I think. I think Man United have got so much going for them when they go forward. It's just obviously they're honourable defence. We've talked about that, no question at all. But i just love to see them throw caution to the winds and just go forward because they're beautiful when they pass it forward.
0: Kevin has just complimented Manchester United. <laughs> Are you listening? <laughs> uh, I fancy Tottenham, actually, before this. But just from Fino's news, now the sun is missing... He's such an influential player. Four goals a couple of games ago. I mean, he, he took on Newcastle. Uh, Kane with the assist himself, more or less. And him missing is huge. I fancy Man United
3: to do this one. What do you reckon, Joe? It's a tough one, the Mourinho derby. I actually think Tottenham may do it. I, I don't think Man United are playing well enough this season yet. I know Son's out injured, but I think Harry Kane... Didn't score against Newcastle. I know he had a lot of chances. So a I lot think, of chances. So yeah. I, think this, uh, I think this game he will score. Man United's defence is really, really... You know, it's just not strong enough for me. Maguire's not playing well. You know, Shaw left back. Is he really good enough, you know, for, for a Man United left back? I'm not sure. Um, I think Man, you haven't quite clicked yet and I expect Tottenham to win that one. Is Maguire still in Mykonos? Mykonos, mentally. Yeah, uh, possibly, who knows? Possibly.
0: God knows what effect that it has on him. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't really performed... Since he come back, but yeah, it should should be should be should be a very good game for me. It could be the should be the game of the weekend if both of them grab but Like Kevin said, there's also that big chance that Mourinho will come out and park the bus and you know frustrate Man United and and take a point away and be happy with that. The evening game Aston Villa who are very much in form against the, uh, we've already won the league, Liverpool. (laughs) The
2: worst thing about that, I mean, I've said quite a lot about (laughs) Liverpool, said something about Villa as well. So I'm just going to say the worst thing about that is the kickoff time. Absolutely distraught. (laughs) All of us sat here, you know, we're on a curfew at 10pm. There's absolutely zero chance of us watching that down the pub. So disaster. Listen, Liverpool done pretty much everything right by hook or by crook this year, right? Um, Villa looked good. You would think uh, Liverpool have too much for them. But just remember that game last year. What a game that was, where Liverpool 1-0 down. I can't remember how long left. It was almost nothing. Uh, Robertson gets the equaliser, I'm pretty sure. Mane um, heads in at a corner, gives them that 2-1 win. And it was that moment, I think, that Liverpool thought, and I don't mean the fans actually. I mean the team. I think mm. the team thought we can come back and we can win any game. And and at the same time, someone told me Liverpool practice that a lot actually when uh, they they practice being one nil down with like five minutes to go. Uh, and and that's one of their training drills. And actually, they practice it nine against eleven. Someone told me even where the nine are trying to uh, are trying to come back to make it as hard for themselves as possible. So yeah, I, that that sticks in my mind that game last year. Is that one where the team thought. We, you know, we can really do this there's nothing to stop it so I think Villa have got a chance but yeah I suppose all things being equal you'd expect Liverpool to win
0: I mean yeah Villa are full of confidence you know like I said Jack Grealish uh, stayed they got the win they're uh, you know they, they spent a few quid six points out of three they're in fourth place at the minute I'm actually I'm going to go for a draw on this one
1: oh no I think for me as I've kind of <laughs> firmly already uh, pinned my flag to, to the league match shall we say um, Liverpool looked pretty dominant I think um, over the last Games, and what's more, I think they're starting to get the rub of the green. You know, it's that kind of sign of champions. You know, Manny could have easily been sent off last night for the elbow on Kieran Tierney. Um, oh, definitely, red card. It wasn't, right, but it wasn't really a talking point in the game. I see,
2: what you, I see what you mean there, actually. And, and yeah, there's something in what you said because even Liverpool's third goal last night, when you look at that, we've talked a lot about the handball rule. Uh, Jota kind of like controlling that on his chest on another day, another referee, another VAR says that that touched is whatever it needs to touch these days. The bicep, I suppose, would probably be enough. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't have been beyond the realms that that got chalked off. And I wonder if you're right there about just that aura of champions somehow. You know, just where things start to go right and it becomes, we talked before about self-fulfilling or self-perpetuation. Yeah, I wonder if you might do something on like that. And I hope that's true, Fidara. I hope you're
0: right. <laughs> I love your pronunciation of a jota, Ken. <laughs> very, uh, very cultured, very Portuguese.
3: <laughs> uh, Joe, help me out here. Villa win. No, I think we shouldn't forget that So Villa have won two games, but they've played Fulham and Sheffield United, who are the two bottom teams in the league, who have both played three games and, and lost three games. So we probably shouldn't get too carried away with you know Villa. This is the first team who they're playing who are in form. Um, so I can't see anything other than a Liverpool win.
0: Yeah, boring, boring Liverpool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: Leicester, said, top of the league,
0: along with Liverpool and Everton, all on nine points. Uh, Aston Villa in fourth on six. A little bit of transfer news just come in earlier on. Um, The will he, won't he? We've been saying it for the last few weeks. Sancho Sancho to Man United. Marco Royce has come out and said that uh, Sancho is staying for one more year. That's a massive blow, surely.
3: Yeah, well, I think I've been really, really confused with this one because Borussia dortmund came out ages ago weeks ago and said he's not going but it seems to be the british media haven't believed that and said there's still a chance there's still a chance there was never any chance i don't think i think as soon as Borussia dortmund said sancho is not going the manager said he's not going sancho himself said he's not going so for me that was dead and buried weeks ago so i'm a bit confused that, well, that one's still in the news maybe he will sign tomorrow and that, and that would just be completely redundant but yeah. for me that one was completely dead and bad
0: we would find out in the next 24 hours it looks like they're going to sign uh, Tellez the defender from Porto as well mm-hmm. Everton and Leicester are both linked with Kurt Zuma.
1: he's a strong dominant centre back I mean I can who
0: Lampard starts right
1: I know that he's had some injury issues and so maybe he doesn't feel like he can trust him for a, a full season it might also be that these teams are willing to pay over the odds with regards to how Lampard values them. And he's thinking this is a quick way to get some cash in and maybe he brings in a a top-quality loan deal or a a piece of the puzzle that he's been having in his eye on for a while.
0: Yeah, Tottenham linked with a defender from Milan, Inter Milan, uh, Skirinar, Slovakian centre-half. They're also linked with Anton Rudiger from uh, Chelsea. Sheffield United look like they're going to seal the deal for Brewster for £17 from Liverpool. Would you rather send him out on loan, Kev? A lot of people have
2: been talking about that. I suppose if he's not going to get a game and there's the buyback clause it makes a little bit of sense for Liverpool because they get some cash in and probably doesn't make any difference because, you know, looking at the team, he's probably not going to play that often, certainly not going to start. And I suppose it depends a little bit whether Klopp wants to keep Divock Origi. I I suspect he does. He's almost like having a lucky charm around the place, (laughs) isn't he, Divock Origi? Just that ability to pop up in the right place at the right time. So it sounds really weird. It sounds odd when he's a player who they admire so much. But yeah, if there's that buyback clause, yeah, I suppose, why not?
0: Yeah, I mean, like if he does, for example, go to Sheffield United, bang in 30 goals, end up at Real Madrid for 100 million, wouldn't that be poetic for Liverpool? (laughs) Uh, Speaking of poetic, our uh, in-studio poet here at the Irishman, Englishman and Scotsman Football Podcast, Kev, has got another treat in store for us. Yeah, well, thought I'd try and do the same again, so um, let's see how it goes.
2: Autumn is here, it's the end of September and Jesus round three was a week to remember. Liverpool, Leicester and Everton clear, Chelsea fight back while Man City pay dear. The rules on handball became ever more murky, but the drama's unreal, the results downright quirky. A 5-2, a 3-3 and still no nil-nil, just controversy, luck and insane feats of skill. Leicester stayed top after fleet Jamie Vardy made City's back line look like Laurel and Hardy. Okay, that's just a rhyme, a jokey assessment, but Pep really is after more reinvestment. A diaz to Joao Cancelo and Danilo Walker and Stones buying back Angelino Imeric Laporte, Nathan Ake and Mendy I think you'll agree it's got pretty damn spendy The media say it's a cool half a billion On a defence that in my quite humble opinion Still needs a leader, a talisman-like A Vincent Campani, a Virgil van Dijk The latter outstanding in Liverpool's win Over Arsenal at Anfield where Jota stroked in To clinch a 3-1 for a team at their peak Mane just blissful, the pressing unique. And sure, you can see Arsenal are getting better, the credits deserved for Mikel Arteta, but the Londoners who can be really excited are the fans of much maligned West Ham United. The Hammers produced a resounding display, 4-0 against Wolves, Jared Bowen held sway, a performance of brio and imagination, despite David Moyes' enforced isolation what about Everton? Well, they rode again, as Palace succumbed to a ludicrous pen. And if I've had the odd rant here, here's just one more. What the hell was so wrong with the old handball law? It used to be simple. You needed intention. Ball against hand meant non-intervention. Now, any slight contact with hand spells the worst. Defenders must fear that they're mortally cursed. At Brighton, United made off with the win. It was after the whistle to Morpé's chagrin. To be fair, that Penenka felt like tempting fate and the karma was instant, the punishment great. At Tottenham, it felt like the final straw. A dire decision, a Newcastle draw. But credit to Bruce for his honest summation and FIFA reversed this dumb interpretation.
0: Absolutely brilliant stuff once again, Kev. You're listening to the Irishman, Englishman, and Scotsman football podcast. That's all for this week, folks. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, like and follow on Spotify and the rest of the social media platforms. Kev, take a bow. Thank you very much.
2: (laughs) Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you very
0: much. Finno, I've got to say, uh, this is a sad goodbye. This is the last time we're doing the show live with Finno in studio. So we just want to say thanks a million for everything. And of course, you're not going anywhere. He just, he won't be sitting beside me anymore. But Finno, uh, thanks a million, man. And uh, safe travels back to, to Bonnie Scotland.
1: Cheers. Thank you. Yeah, I've had a f- bit of feedback that my Scottish accent isn't Scottish enough. So maybe <laughs> being back in Edinburgh will top will
2: yeah, it on, up a bit. Come
0: on, hone it. <laughs> I've, I've actually been told it was too posh posh scottish now uh, anyway guys thanks a million and uh hope you enjoyed the show enjoy the games and we'll see you all next tuesday